Our text passage is in Mark chapter 4. You can mark that place. We'll come back to it toward the end of the message. And then, if you will, Mark Proverbs chapter 3. We'll be looking at two verses in Proverbs chapter 3 in just a few minutes. So we'll have two places marked. That's Ephesians, I'm sorry. Uh, that's Mark chapter 4 and Proverbs chapter 3. I'm preaching this morning on the subject, Making Fear your friend. Making fear your friend. Heavenly Father, what a joy it is to preach the wonderful, timeless, eternal Word of God. We thank you, Lord, that you are such a wonderful and a mighty God and you are in control. Now, Lord, sometimes we foolishly forget that or we foolishly behave as if it's not true. But Lord, we thank you that you are. I pray that you'd bless the preaching of your word today. I pray that it would be filled with your spirit and power and your presence would be on your word and its preaching today. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Fear is the one, one of the most interesting and complex subjects to study in all the word of God. The Bible says much about fear. There are many stories in the Word of God that fear is a factor or fear has a large part in it. Now if you just glance at the words about fear in the Bible, you may be confused or worse, you could make a wrong application. Do you know uh, good medicine applied or taken at the wrong time or in the wrong way could bring more discomfort than comfort. You take the wrong medicine, it may bring death instead of life. And I think there's a lot of Bible truths that we would like to apply to things that they don't apply. They don't go there. So the Bible teaches us to rightly divide the word of truth, helping us to understand it's important to understand not only a truth, but the context and the application of that truth. For example, do you know 60 plus times the Bible says, fear not? Do you know more times than that the Bible says to fear? The Bible says 60 plus times, I believe it's 63, fear not. More than that, the Bible says there are things, there are times, there are people, there's a God to fear. The Bible talks about the fears of a coward. The Bible talks about the fears of courage. The times as we face in America and our world today calls us to think about this subject of fear and we wonder, what is my response supposed to be to what's going on in my nation and in the world today? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read five statements that I've made about fear through my years of studying the subject. And I'll give you these five by way of introduction to the message today. Number one, most fear nots in the Bible are for the child of God that's in the will of God. Most fear nots in the Bible are for the child of God that's in the will of God. You say, what if I'm not a child of God or what if I'm a child of God not in the will of God? Then the fear not doesn't apply. 
Well, what's my proper response? Fear. Fear. Most fear nots in the Bible are given to the child of God that's in the will of God. Number two, fear is a God-given emotion that keeps us from danger and death and is a blessing. Fear is a God-given emotion that can keep us from danger and death, and that is a blessing. There's a reason I've never had a motorcycle accident. There's a reason. Now, I've never, and I'm not, I'm not bragging, I'm just telling you the truth, I've never had a motorcycle accident. I've never driven one. Somewhere between common sense, fear, and my dad's orders. I've never had a motorcycle accident. Now, may I say this morning, those who have not yet believed in the Lord Jesus as Savior, you ought to be very concerned, not just today, but you ought to be concerned to be lost in your sins, standing before God already condemned. Fear is a God-given emotion that can keep us from danger and death and is a blessing. Those that are living in the pleasures of sin need to come under the fear of the Lord before they perish in their sins. Many folks are praying, Lord, take away this scare. We ought to be praying, Lord, your will be done in what you're doing. You're in control and you don't need me to tell you what to do. I just need to surrender to your will and what you're doing. Amen. The third statement I want to make, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. If you have no fear of God, you have not yet gone to kindergarten as far as knowledge is concerned. If you have no fear of God, you have, and, and you have no wisdom and you're limited to the wisdom which would be the experiences and the understandings of your own mind. So the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge and the beginning of wisdom. Number four, fear that replaces faith in God is the most dangerous fear we can have. Fear that replaces faith in God. Now I preach this a long time Every day in our minds is a battle between faith and fear. What you feed the most wins. That's why I've spent more time in this than I have anything else this week, and that's why my faith is stronger than my fear today. A fear that replaces faith in God is the most dangerous we can have. Number five, fear that causes me to trust in the Lord is the best kind of fear I can have. Fear that causes me to trust in the Lord. You say, preacher, what do you mean? Well, I'll, I'll uh, have you to take your Bibles and go with me, if you will, to the Psalms. And uh, I want you to look at Psalm number 56. Psalm number 56. I'll read these two verses as uh, you find Psalm 56. Uh, Psalm 86, verse number 11, the psalmist said this in prayer. Teach me thy way, O Lord. I will walk in thy truth Unite my heart to fear thy name. Now you may get mad at some people and you may say, boy, I just don't like that guy. You better have a fear of the Lord not to use his name in vain. And that's what the psalmist is saying here. So, uh, Proverbs 1 in verse number 7, the Bible says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. 
I said, number five, fear that causes me to trust in the Lord is the best kind of fear. For the psalmist said in Psalm 56, and hold your place there, I'll come back to it again even in a few minutes, what time I'm afraid I will trust in thee. In other words, if we don't have a fear of God, we've not yet begun to gain knowledge and wisdom. Let me for a few minutes give you a word of testimony. Some years ago now, fear became one of my best friends. There was a time in my life that fear bothered me greatly. I, I, I had a lot of fear. I'm talking about um, even as a child, I had fears that bothered me. I, I did not want to be afraid of certain things and particular things. I didn't want to, but I, but I had a fear. I won't go into all of the stories, but it was a part of my it, it, it was a part of my life. It was a part of my thinking. It was part of who I was. When I was a child, I had dreams and fears. I remember one time my mother took me to a doctor and and uh, shared with the doctor some of the dreams and fears that I had. And he found out that my dad was a preacher, and he recommended that my father not preach on hell or anything that would scare me. That ended my doctor's visit. As my mom said to me, uh, there's got to be another way to take care of this. And so, uh, but, but, but it was a part of my life, and it was very real. It, it, it bothered me. And the truth is, up until about 12 years ago or so, I lived with a terrible fear that I, I didn't like. It, it really did bother me. There was a fear I had of preaching. There was a fear I had of serving as a pastor of this church as our church grew bigger and bigger and the ministries increased. There was a, there was a fear that I had. I remember as a teenager, I, the fears that, that, that bothered me and sometimes kept me awake at night. Growing up in southeast Kentucky, my father was a preacher, was a pastor, and, and uh, my father was a powerful preacher. He, he was a strong preacher. He didn't preach against things in uh, Asia and Africa. He preached against things in Hazard. Made a lot of people mad. Made bootleggers mad. Made some preachers mad. There were times that my dad was shot at. I've been in the vehicle with him before in the truck. I had to get down the floorboard because folks were shooting at him. That scared me. He shot back too. <laughs> and uh, but 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 it bothered me. And and then and 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 I began to study fear in the Bible. I said, Lord, somehow or another, I have to overcome this fear. I I can't live with fear. I I had a fear about everything going on at church and. And uh, it, it was just a concern. So I began to study fear, and I found it to be a very um, uh, complex issue. And I found it to be uh, in almost every story in the Bible from the beginning to the end. And I had the question, am I supposed to fear God or not? Uh, how can I have courage if I have fear? And one of the most contradicting things in my mind was I also had a vision for God to do a work in my life. I wanted to serve God. I, I wanted to see many people saved. And I, I had a vision of things, and, and then I had this fear, and I thought, how in the world will I ever fulfill dreams, or how will I ever give my life to God to, to, to do anything lasting or do anything big if my mind is filled with fear? I dreamed of the work of revival in America. 
I dreamed of planting churches. I dreamed of standing for truth and right, not only in private but in public, fighting against the sins and vices that were being promoted, uh, not only in our state but in our nation that was bringing destruction uh, to children and to teenagers and adults. And, and I wanted to stand, and I had this vision of doing right and standing, but I had this nagging fear that bothered me. One Saturday morning, something wonderful happened in my study of fear. I was reading Psalm number 3, Proverbs number 3. Turn your Bibles there and let's look at two verses. And some of you have heard a part of what I'm saying now. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 3 and verse number 25, the Bible said, Be not afraid of sudden fear. Now, it seemed like a contradiction at first. In other words, sudden fear is going to just come up on you. There are going to be things all of a sudden that you didn't think about. Those fears are going to come. He said, don't be afraid of those fears. And then he said, neither of the desolation of the wicked when it cometh. Don't be afraid when, God's, when God takes care of his business. Don't, don't, don't let it scare you when God is taking care of the wicked. Verse number 26. For the Lord shall be thy confidence and shall keep thy foot from being taken. All of a sudden, a light came on when I read that, and I thought, when fear comes, I have a choice. I can either run from what I'm afraid of, or I can run to God for help in what I'm afraid of. And I found that a fear that causes me to run away from what I'm afraid of, that's a coward's fear. And then I found there was a fear that caused me to go to God and say, Lord, I need you so much, I have a fear. I have a fear of failure. I have a fear of what's going on in our country. Oh, God, would you please help me as I preach? Would you please help me as I stand? And I found the answer. And fear, I thought, was causing me to be afraid, but it wasn't causing me to have a coward's fear. It was causing me to go to God for help, and there I found comfort, and there I found courage, and there I found peace, and there I found the one that is in control of all things. And so in the presence of fear, I did what was right, and God blessed because of that fear. I said, fear is not my enemy. Fear is my friend. Because if I wasn't afraid, I'd go in my own flesh. If I wasn't afraid, I'd tell them what I thought about it. But they didn't need to know what I thought about it. They need to know what God said about it. And so it doesn't matter what I feel. It doesn't matter what I fear. What matters is that my fear takes me to God. And the psalmist, let's look at that, uh, uh, at that chapter, chapter number 56 of, of uh, the book of Psalms. Psalm number 56, uh, the Bible says in this passage of Scripture, Be merciful unto me, O God, for man would swallow me up. He fighting daily oppresseth me. Do you see the fear the psalmist has? Mine enemies would daily swallow me up for uh, they be many that fight against me, O thou most high. What time I am afraid, I will trust in him. 
In God I will praise his word. In God I will put my trust. I will not fear what flesh can do unto me. I put myself in God's hands. When fear comes, I run to God. When fear comes, I run to truth. And I find assurance there. I find courage there. So what are we doing in the presence of fear today? We go to God. And when we go to God, we find comfort, we find control, we find courage, we find that God is still on the throne. And he said, I don't care what flesh can do to me, that doesn't matter. What matters is that I recognize God being in control in my life and in all things. May I say this morning, as I look at our building program, not just today, but every day this week, as I look at the size of what we're doing with our building program, it brings a great fear. You say, preacher, are you worried? No, I'm afraid. So what do you do? Lord, this is your work. Oh, God, you know what you've called us to do. You know what you've led us to do. You know the opportunities you've given us. Lord, I'm not here today to tell you what to do. I'm here to find out what you want me to do. Now, I've got ideas of what I would do, but what I would do would mess things up. But what he does is right. What he does is good. And so that fear does not cause me to run away from the challenge or run away from the need. It causes me to go to God, and God honors those that trust in him. God honors those that come to him in prayer, and God uses those that go to him in prayer. I looked at every story in the Bible and I said, that is true in every story. Some ran from the challenge. Some ran from the fear. Some ran from the need. Others went to God. I think of young David, uh, the boy that's not old enough to be in Israel's army. And his father goes and tells him, I want you to leave taking care of the sheep for a little while. And I want you to take this food down to your brothers uh, that are fighting in Israel's army. And he goes down there and he hears Goliath curse the God of heaven, curse the armies of Israel, curse the, uh, the soldiers and the king. And David says, is there not a cause? David says this. He said, Goliath, you come to me with a sword and uh, or with a spear and a shield. I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. I'm not coming to you in my might, my strength, my power. I've been spending time with God. And compared to me, yes, I am but a dog. Ah, but dear friend, compared to God, uh, Goliath, you're nothing but just a little fella. You're just a small thing in the sight of God. So you see, fear can become your friend when it causes you to trust in him. Most of the things that I have responsibilities for bring fear to me. And as I look back over life, I learned to read this word because of fear. I learned to pray because of fear. I was concerned, but when I went to God in prayer and when I went to his word and I began to study the word, here's what happened. Fear drove me to truth. And truth set me free. I found the answers I was looking for. I found the God that I was looking for. And so I look back over life. 
I'm thankful that fear has been my friend. I thought fear was my enemy for a long time. Fear has never been my enemy. Fear has caused me to trust in Him. And what America needs this morning is to get on their knees before God. And they need to open that precious book right there and realize that God is the creator of this world. He's the sustainer of life. He's the coming judge and king and Lord of lords. One day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of the Father and they need to recognize that God is in control. Most of the things I have responsibility for brings fear to me. You say, preacher, I, 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 I'm afraid. I know young couples here, they're getting ready to get married and, and some have said to me, I'm afraid. And I've said, good. Now you don't know what to be afraid of, but I do, I can tell you. I need God as I lead my wife and my home. I need God as I serve as the pastor of this church. I came here this morning and it was, it was dark outside, inside, and I came in. I walked up and down the aisles of this building as I do every Sunday morning and I said, oh God, I need you today. I don't want to give these folks just a simple outline from the Bible. I don't want to just give them three or four statements. I don't want folks just to laugh and to cry. We have misplaced or we have replaced the convicting power of the word of God with, an, with a stir of an emotion. I don't want just a stir of an emotion. I want the word of God to penetrate in our minds and hearts. That's what I prayed this morning. That's what I asked God for this morning. You say, preacher, I can't believe we've got a pastor that's a scaredy cat. Well, you do. But I'm not running from it. I'm running to it. You ought to have a fear as a father rearing your children in a wicked world. I said you ought to have a fear as a father rearing your children in this wicked world and saying, oh God, I need your help. You ought to have a fear serving in any capacity, in any responsibility. But I'll tell you what, dear friend, fear can become your friend. He can become your friend if it will cause you to trust in the word of God and in the God of heaven. Let's go back to our text. I want to show you something. Mark chapter 4. The disciples are in a boat. A storm comes. And they have the biggest problem anybody can have in a boat. They just don't have the boat in the water. They have water in the boat. Now, folks, that's trouble. When you have water in the boat, you've got a problem. Now, these are men that... Um, are experienced men. The majority of these men have fished this lake before they gave themselves to Christ as full-time servants of the Lord Jesus. If we took time to study what's happened up to this event recorded in Scripture, we would find that they were extremely tired because of their hours and days of service, they were not only tired and weary, they longed for time that they could rest. There's nothing wrong with that. Rest is good. And that's what Jesus is sending them to do. But I want you to notice what happens. Verse 37. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship. The waves are coming over into the ship. 
so that it was now full. Not just a little water, but the ship is full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship asleep. The peace of the Lord Jesus. The creator has no fear. The sustainer has no fear. He's asleep on a pillow. And they awake him and said to him, Master, carest not that we perish. That's what it, don't miss this, that's what it appeared to them. Now that's not true, but that's what appeared to them. They thought Jesus was asleep and didn't care. He does care. And he cares for you today. And he cares for us today. And the Bible says this, carest not that we perish. And he arose, the wording is interesting to me, and rebuked the wind. And I don't know if he's rebuking Satan, and it could be because he doesn't rebuke the sea, he speaks to the sea. The, the wind was causing the waves, the waves were filling up the boat. So Jesus rebukes the wind. And he said to the sea, peace be still. He didn't rebuke the sea like he did the wind. And the wind ceased. I believe this is a picture of understanding all power is given to him in heaven and in earth. And I believe Jesus is showing here that I have power over the wind. And it could be that Satan was the one that had the prince and power of the air had stirred that wind to bring death to Jesus or death to the preachers of the gospel. But he rebuked the wind. The Bible says, And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? He didn't just say, Why are you afraid? Why are you so fearful? Notice now, how is it that you have no faith? In other words, we have both things present in our life, faith and fear. What we feed, you being here today has increased your faith, at least for right now. You hearing the singing of the songs has increased your faith. Some of you have been paying attention to the words we've been singing for 30 years that God's in control and now you wonder, boy, if I should sing that or not. Maybe he was in control. He is in control. Then I want you to notice this. Why is it that you have no faith? Will they lose their fear now? Look at verse 41. And they feared exceedingly. They went from so fearful, now they are exceedingly fearful. But there's been a transition. I want you to see it. And they feared exceedingly and said to another, What manner of storm? What manner of wind? What manner of water in our boat? No. What manner of man is this that even the wind and sea obey him? They got their fear in the right place. This fear is a respect of a God that is in control. He rebuked them. He said, uh, he rebuked the wind. He spoke to the sea and it laid down glassy calm. And then he said to them, why are you so fearful? Why is there no faith? 
You would think in the Bible would say, and they had no more fear. They went to exceedingly fearful, but their fear transferred. They're not afraid of the storm now. They recognize who they should have had a respect and a fear for all along. May I say this morning the fear that you and I have in our heart, that's a God-given emotion, that's a blessing. Don't put it in the wrong thing, put it in the right person. Our God, that's where our respect ought to be. He is saying, dear friend, that our faith ought to be in Him and He is the master of the sea. Fear can be our friend if it causes us to do the right thing. Now, three applications. Now, don't worry about the time. Ain't nobody went to church today anyway. Don't, don't worry about the traffic. Don't worry about it. You have fear. What are you going to use your fear for? You have fear. What are you going to use it for? Let me give an example. Hebrews chapter 11, by faith, talking about Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. What are you going to use your fear for? Moses said... I have a respect for God. I understand right now things are pretty good in Egypt and I could become heir to the throne and I could enjoy the pleasures of sin, but that would be for a season. I choose to put my faith not in the pleasures of Egypt. I choose to put my faith in Christ that I can enjoy the blessings of God for all eternity. I'm not trading eternity for a pleasure of sin for a season. What will you use your faith for? Second of all, will you use your fear to think about the fact that you need to be born again if you've not already been saved? Will you trust Christ and be saved? Now think of these words. The Bible records words that are spoken by the rich man after he has gone to hell. He speaks from the flames. He speaks from the fires of hell. He speaks from the torments of hell. And here's what he said as he sees Abraham afar off. I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house. For I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. Abraham saith unto him, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto them, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. This is your only warning to trust Christ as Savior, a preacher of the gospel. I don't know about you, but when I was a five-year-old boy, I didn't want to die and go to hell. I didn't want to burn in the flames and fires of hell. I didn't want to be separated from my parents. And as a boy, that's what I thought about is family. I didn't want to be separated from others that had put their faith in Christ and were, was going to heaven. Fire scared me. When I read in Revelation 21 of those that are in hell, 
that frightened me and I realized that Jesus died on the cross to pay for my sin. He said, if you'll trust me, I'll give you eternal life. You won't have to fear that. You won't have to worry about that. Count me in. I trusted Christ as my personal Savior. He became my Savior. I want to tell you something today. The thing you ought to fear is not what's being reported on the news. The thing you ought to fear is that one day we'll stand before an almighty God and the names that are written in the book have eternal life. But those that do not have their name written in the book of life, their sins are written in the books that are in heaven and you'll stand before God guilty and die and go to a devil's hell for all eternity oh dear friend you ought to trust Christ as Savior today and then last of all would you stay in the will of God I come to the book of Malachi and I'll read just a portion of the passage here he's talking to a group of folks that have backslidden on God and they're living wickedly I mean they're living sinfully but then he spoke of the righteous remnant here's what he said I love this Malachi 3 Verse number 16 and 17. Sister McCray sent me a text message yesterday after her sister's funeral. Her sister's name was Jewel. Here's what the Bible says. Then they that feared the Lord spake often one to another, and the Lord hearkened and heard it. And a book of remembrance was written before him for them that feared the Lord and that thought upon his name. Here's what he said, and they shall be mine, saith the Lord of hosts. In that day when I make up my jewels, and I will spare them as a man spareth his own son that serveth him. I don't know about you, but this world scares me. I see the result of sin. I see the brokenness and the pain and the hurt and the fears. I see that, but I'm not going to let that. That fear is not my enemy. That fear is my friend that drives me to truth. That fear is my friend that drives me to faith in God. And dear friend, my faith has found a resting place, not in device nor creed. I trust the ever-living one. His wounds for me shall plead. I want to serve him. I'll be honest with you, I'm afraid of the world. I'm not interested in it. I see its advertisements and its results, and they're opposite. Budweiser doesn't put up a billboard and show you after the accident. It doesn't show a picture of boys and girls crying themselves asleep at night with no daddy and no mama. They don't show you that. I got enough sense to look and see what's causing that. I'm so thankful that a dad and mom taught me this book since I was a child. There was a time I thought, what am I going to do with all these fears I have? I'm afraid of this. I'm afraid of that. Those fears have caused me to have a great faith in his word. And a great faith in him and fear is my friend. Stand with me, if you will. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. You're here today and you don't know Christ as your Savior. I would beg of you, I would persuade you today to trust him as your Savior. If you're here as a child of God and you're out of his will, you ought, to, you ought to today, you ought to rededicate your life afresh and anew to him. Yes, our nation needs revival. But it's for something far greater than the fears that are being talked about today. Our nation needs to come back to God.
Heavenly Father, bless our invitation, I pray. A hurt, a hunger for a nation that's wandering in its fears today. That fear could be used to drive them to a faith and a trust in you and your word. Oh God, how we need to come back to you in faith and obedience. Bless our invitation, I pray. I pray if there are those here today that doesn't know you, that don't know you as Savior, I pray that they will trust you. I pray that those that are watching and listening to my preaching today and they can hear my voice, that they would put their faith and trust in you. And Lord, they would trust you as Savior today. Bless our invitation in Jesus' name. Amen. As he